Andy, my dude, have you heard of the magical website builder known as Squarespace? Ugh, not another Squarespace ad. I feel like every podcast is sponsored by them. <laughs> hey, 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 don't knock it till you try it. Yes, okay, it is overhyped. But actually, it lives up to the hype. Squarespace is like a website fairy godmother. With a click of a button, your site transforms into a beautiful masterpiece. A website fairy godmother? That sounds interesting. What makes it so magical? Well, for starters, those slick templates make anyone look like a professional web designer. Pick one, customize the colors and fonts to match your brand, and voila. Plus, the drag-and-drop fluid engine is so easy, your grandma could build a site on Squarespace. Well, she did knit me a lovely scarf last Christmas. Maybe website design is next. Exactly. And when you're ready to sell your Nana's handmade scarves online, Squarespace has built-in e-commerce. Add a store with one click. Get flexible payment options. Then watch those sales roll in. And when she wants to teach others her steezy scarf skills, Squarespace's new courses feature is just the ticket. Nana can set up her curriculum and enrollments and payments in a snap and become the next e-knitting influencer. Wow, you really sold me with the grandma angle. Sign me up for that free try. Just go to thenextreel.com slash Squarespace and transform your site into a beautiful Squarespace masterpiece. Well, thanks, Pete. Even though it's overhyped, Squarespace actually sounds perfect for Nana's site's needs. Appreciate the warning on the ads, though. I'll brace myself next time I listen to a podcast. Anytime. Let me know if you need any help getting that site up and running. Andy, can you believe we've almost hit 700 episodes of The Next Reel? I know, it's crazy. And with all the other episodes in our family of podcasts, we are well over 1,200 episodes of movie conversation. It's really pretty amazing that we've gotten to have these in-depth movie chats every week for over a decade now. And we couldn't have done it without our loyal community of film fans. Their support over the years has meant so much. For sure. That reminds me, we should give the merch store a shout out. Buying shirts from thenextreel.com slash merch is a great way listeners can continue to support the show. Plus, they get to support our great designs. Absolutely. I think sometimes folks forget we have a variety of shirts, mugs, phone cases, and more available. In fact, a great place to start is with a shirt sporting the Next Reel's logo. We also have that classic Fast Times Spicoli Surf School tee, or the weirdly popular Rusty's European Tour shirt. The one from National Foods European Vacation. Why is that so popular? <laughs> Search me, but we have sold a ridiculous number of those. I guess there are a lot of Rusties taking trips to Europe? We're always adding new designs based on movies we've covered, like our brand new design for a streetcar named Desire, featuring a streetcar named Desire. So if you want to rep your love of TNR and films, head to thenextreel.com slash merch. Every purchase helps us continue to have these weekly in-depth conversations. So visit thenextreel.com slash merch today. And as always, thanks for listening and being a part of the Next Real community. We've got lots more great movie chats coming your way. It's showtime, folks. Enjoy the show. Oh, and a fine Saturday morning to you. There, they, there we are. <laughs> there you go. Really rolling right into the it. Scottish. There we uh-huh. go. Right. Yes. Uh, hi, everybody. Fine day. Yes. John Cryer honors fellow Lex Luthor Gene Hackman for his 90th birthday. From one Lex Luthor to another, John Cryer honored Gene Hackman on the veteran actor's birthday with a touching tweet about their when shared role. When did he role. play Lex Luthor? I, what? I don't know. I I, did, was, I I was surprised by that too because I don't. Uh, uh, see, oh, okay. John Cryer was cast as the new Lex Luthor in Supergirl in the in the Arrowverse version of the character, making his debut in the CW series mm. Supergirl. So Supergirl is a character in the Arrowverse. Yeah. That's They're a thing. Now, do we there. need to talk about that? What? What? Okay, but what, okay, there's the Flash verse. I mean, is there a different verse from? Because I thought it was all they came together in the crisis. The crisis on Infinite Earths, Earth, right? right? That's, a, yes. that's real. And yeah. then there's the okay. keep going. You're doing the, great. The thing. I don't know. What is that? The, the DC something tomorrow. I don't know. 
With Legends of Tomorrow. Legends of Tomorrow. Legends of Tomorrow. So is that part of Legends the Arrowverse? Of okay. So, so basically, Steve, the, slow so your the, roll, man. The this DC is, Universe on TV to... is the Arrowverse? <laughs> is that what they're doing? It is because Arrow was first. Arrow was right, the original sure. thing, okay. at, which was the Green Arrow. And it was, it right. was headed by the real life, like, amazing superhero unto himself. Um, uh, the guy playing Green Arrow is, uh, my God, what's his name? Uh, Stephen Amell. And he is a stunning specimen of humanity. He can okay. do anything as far as I'm concerned. So uh, it started with that show, and I think it's seven years, maybe going on eight. Okay. Anyway, it's, it's about to end, uh, uh, Arrow. But it started all of this. And then came The Flash right. and Supergirl, Legends of Tomorrow. Um, and uh, Black Lightning is another one that was part of that. There were a couple of web series. Constantine okay. uh, had a crossover. Uh, the the Flash 1990 has had a number of crossovers that they are now including as part of the Arrowverse. Uh, the web series were Vixen and uh, Freedom Fighters, The Ray, and um, and uh, new shows Batwoman, which uh, is just in the middle of its first season now, and then Superman and Lois, uh, which will spin off the Superman that we got that was introduced in Supergirl, right? The cousin that came in to save the day when the day needed super saving and only two supers could handle. Are you, wait, are you actually sleeping right now? <laughs> I kind of tuned out there too. I was really, <laughs> I, just was like, I was like, okay. wow, Pete was is just, really, okay. he knows his wow. DC stuff really we well. Were DC like, <laughs> wow. I didn't know anybody actually knew all of that. <laughs> That was a lot to know. No, no, it's good. It's good. We're fine. I'm, was like, that was like I'm watching C-SPAN for go eight on. hours a day during the impeachment trials. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay, now that we have that foundational experience so I just need to know set, it's called the Arrowverse because, well, it was just, it's called the Arrowverse because Arrow was the first it show on the It sounds cooler than Flashverse. Yeah. Well, well, let me tell or, you, this is uh, all of these are kind of the brain. <laughs> the See, Danny, you got them all going again. Why'd you do that? The name you want to remember is only Luthor one name verse. that you need to remember, and that is Gregory Berlotti. <laughs> Craig Berlotti. And okay. uh, it's he too egotistical is, to call guy it the Berlotti verse. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Although you really could, the guy has had some impressive credentials beyond uh, the Arrowverse. Uh, he's also behind the Chilling Adventures of Sabrina and Me? you. If you're following you, apparently I haven't watched any Me? of it. What? <laughs> yeah, he's right now. He's behind you, dummy. <laughs> if you're not going to participate constructively, don't just... participate at all. Uh, he's also behind. Uh, he he was involved and uh, in, in producing uh, Dawson's Creek and Brothers and Sisters and Everwood and Riverdale. And so he's he's a big CW guy, oh, but he goes okay. back kind of away. And so uh, he is the name to to uh, to under to know in this the Arrowverse space. He's the guy who's head of it all. That's all. Okay. I'm going to stop talking. Thank you. To you two in particular. <laughs> I just want to know, really, the important thing here is is Lex Luthor and John Cryer and Gene Hackman. Because I, right. I, I you also have to remember that Lex, or uh, uh, John Cryer, was he Lex Luthor's nephew in Superman 4, The Quest for Peace? Or what was, he was uh, somehow related. Yeah, it was his nephew, Lenny. <laughs> Yeah, see? Oh, so there's really? there's an oh, extra connection, really? which is fantastic. Look what you just did. See, Andy, you can participate in the <laughs> Arrowverse, to do too. With that. <laughs> do you think... You here's here's a, a question. Holmes I know with, like, the, with the, the Jokers, we've had uh, several of them who are no longer around, but do you think that Gene and John... Wait. Several? Uh, I don't know. I'm just throwing things out. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah. Right. Caesar he's, Romero. He's right. Sure. Exactly. Yeah. You know, it was Word, tragic. And mean nothing, Steve. <laughs> and, and, <laughs> so many of the one. Do, but do you think that they get together? <laughs> like, no do you think that they this. call up, uh, you know, uh, Kevin Spacey and Jesse Eisenberg, and ha have little have little Luther <laughs> parties? Luther party? <laughs> I I don't see Gene Hackman. No, 
doing that with them. Gene Hackman no longer attends parties, only fest. And did you hear? This is interesting <laughs> that because Joker was so successful, that DC is now planning a standalone Luthor film. Oh, that would be he would that be the would president be, uh, of the United fine. States. I would, I, I would, I would okay. be behind that. Well, there you go. You know, Andy, I'm going to bring this back to something that you can do that I totally missed making this connection, but I think this will tune you in. Do you remember the movie Love, Simon? I remember it. Yes, hearing about it. You didn't see it. Did you see it? You didn't see it. Michael Rosenbaum, too. He should be included. Sorry. You didn't see Love, Simon either, Steve? No, I did. Oh, yeah. No, I saw it in theater and I think I talked about it somewhere. It's (laughs) It's terrific. It's a terrific film. Terrific film. Greg Berlanti directed that movie. Oh, okay. Oh, now we're interested. No, I was just like, oh, okay. (laughs) Do you see how I tried to amp it up there for you? Just tried to really amp it up. (laughs) Okay, this show is going nowhere. Here's a thing that you might find. Where's uh, that screeching halt sound effect board you have? (laughs) 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 Um, What are you, are you guys, and and I guess I'm talking mostly to Steve right now because Andy and TV, but are you watching anything that is of note on, uh, uh, say, Amazon Prime, which just hit 150 million uh, members? No, because I've got enough. I've got enough on my Netflix, Hulu, and HBO going on right now. So okay. So what are you? What's what are you watching? Succession on HBO. Just started into that season one, and I'm enjoying that. Uh, Tonight is uh, because I don't have the live TV. Well, I'm gonna have to wait till like three in the morning or whenever it drops. But the final, final, final episode of The Good Place is airing tonight. Well, Thursday night as we're recording this. Right. So that's going to be, uh, I don't know what's going to fill that void. Uh, that's, that's for sure. Uh, let's see what else have we got. Uh, oh, I started the uh, Netflix, um, watched first episode of The Messiah. So I'm kind of, was kind of intrigued to see what they were going to do with that. I don't know how, it's an interesting concept. I don't know where they're going to go with it. The first episode, I was like, eh, okay, didn't totally hook me, but. Yeah, that's yeah. the you know. The, so right now, I'm just I'm really enjoying Succession because it's just a really smart uh, drama. I just you know, great cast. I don't know if you're familiar with. Yeah, uh, I I'm familiar with it, but I haven't started watching yeah. it. And um, yeah, I I dropped uh, HBO because uh, something of the, else. I was right. done with Game of oh, Thrones, and right, I took a break. So, right, so, yes. Oh, so you haven't seen Watchmen yet? I haven't done Watchmen yet, no. Okay. Oh, because, well, um, at no Game of Thrones, then Chernobyl was done, so... I yeah. did, and you know what? Chernobyl was a unique animal. I went back right. and I bought that on iTunes. Oh, okay. Uh, so I've I've watched that a number of times. Okay. Wow, really? Yeah. yeah, no, it's a really special I haven't thing. seen you pop it up on, uh, on Letterboxd yet. I didn't think I was allowed to because it was multiple. Have you searched for it? Are there rules? No, I know people have written, but (laughs) you see what I did? I'm trying to take control of the narrative here. And I know what you did is take control of the narrative that I don't write reviews. And you're right. And I'm trying to get better. But see what happened? Very yeah. complicated chess you and I are playing right now. <laughs> is it? Or is it more like checkers? It's a- <laughs> Andy just got to the end. He's like, king me right now. I'm coming back. Watch it. <laughs> You'll notice Andy got that ad. I did, I, he stopped speaking. I did it all to myself. Great. I didn't this have to do really anything. terrific. That's right. <laughs> it's, it's just Andy's like reverse psychology chess. Just sits there. Yep. You're going to checkmate yourself. Yep. I'm just going to watch this happen. <laughs> and go. <laughs> Pete's like, should I move here? Should I move here? Let me go. No, let me go. Here. Oh. oh. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. Settle down, everybody. Look, uh, do we need to review anything about uh, movies we've seen recently? Andy, did you ever catch up with a gentleman? Or are you going to put that off after our glowing reviews? <laughs> I, I do want to see it. I, uh, but I, I've, been, I've been too busy yeah. playing Oscar catch up. Uh, oh, to yeah. to bother seeing anything else that's actually new, so I, I, will I did a little Oscar catch up this week. Did, what what do you? What's, I don't know that I've seen you do a rev, any reviews on your Oscar catch up. <laughs> Post anything, Andy? Hoist by mine own petard. I have not watched much uh, the middle of the week, but I, yeah, uh, okay. I had a bunch of stuff. I saw Jojo okay. Rabbit, Ford versus Ferrari, that's the right. two popes. That's right. Okay. Oh, okay. Klaus, yes. I yeah. lost my body for Sama. Okay. Yeah. All right. Tons of stuff. I, I I do need to see the Klaus. I did just see I lost my body uh, just the other night and did uh, the two popes. So yeah, yeah. I'm 
Yeah, I, I, I'm going to try to get out to see Jojo Rabbit this weekend. And I had another friend uh, ask me about Joker. And I said, well, and I said, I'm not really sure I need to see it. And his response was, yeah, you, re- you, don't, you really don't need to see it. So you haven't seen it? Joker? Eh. You need to see it. No, no, I don't. It's, it's no, a but- Best Picture nominee. You, now, it, now that it's there, you have to see it. I- no, as I said on Discord, nobody tells me what to watch. I'll decide what I want to watch when I want to watch it. Steve, for crying out loud, don't watch Joker. In fact, don't do it. you're not allowed to watch right. Joker. <laughs> no, not going to work. I, I'll get I, around to it at some point, but it's just not a priority. I've got, I've been having too much fun in the backlog of stuff I've been missing out of like mid 20th century European film. I've been getting into, you know, 400 Blows, uh, Breathless, uh, persona so i'm just i'm really enjoying that era so 50s and 60s the black and whites i'm having a really good time with that stuff so you say that like all the films from the 50s and 60s are black and white well the ones that i'm watching i'm watching the black and whites of the 50s and 60s. <laughs> that's, that's that's his series right now that's my series right now <laughs> i have chosen to unplug the red and the blue cable from mine and so i'm just watching the yellow it's sort of a sepia everything it's amazing the black and movie. chrome version the noir version of everything i really wish they did that with the whole wizard of oz the whole way through right. i mean come on <laughs> <Right>. guys <laughs> You're all seepy at the beginning and then go go artsy, go black and white for the munchkins. Come on. I uh, I wish I could report. In 48 frames I, per second. They should have done, they should have done Oz. 96. 40, 96 black FPS and black and white. You just would have been drawn right into that screen. Truly missed a massive opportunity. Yes. That's the Ang Lee corner right there. <laughs> I, I regret to inform you that my uh, big contribution to media this week is that uh, my son has me binging a Disney Plus show with him. And I, I'm going to tell you what it is, but I need to preface it with the fact that I am a grown man and I regret that I'm about to tell you this. <laughs> it is Disney Plus's High School Musical, mm. the, the musical, musical, the series. series. Yeah. <laughs> it is... Do you know for where the Mandalorian is yeah. and the fact that now I'm hearing so many wonderful memes about like how baby Yoda needs his own agent and like there's just so much good that's going there. And then you get the the rest. And I think that is it's just hard. It's wildly just predictable youth programming and it makes me really sad it makes me very sad and so the music is catchy and uh but it, it's uh i i think uh kids of this age deserve more mandalorian and and you know less quite so predictable stuff well and it's uh i was shocked when i saw that that was the name of the show which yeah. my daughter has already binged through. She's already done with it. Um, We're on episode nine. Right? Yeah, I, I didn't have to sit with her, so she just paused through it super fast. Um, but the fact that they even named it that, which is like one of the most meta names I've ever seen. Uh, <laughs> and it just it fits right in with all of the, the, the world of remakes that Disney is perpetually yeah. doing. It's just like, you know, just cranking it out. Just let's remake something else and then we'll remake it and adapt it and then we'll twist it and we'll call it something else. And yeah. It, oh, yeah. It, Andy, you're so right. I mean, it is peak Disney right now. It is absolutely peak Disney machine. And and I think that, that just explains all of it, which is just we're going to squeeze every last drop of... You know, it feels like it was created by a computer. I mean, it was. This is a machine learning uh, series. Yeah, is what it is. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's it take no risks. Take intellectual property we know was successful and repackage it yeah. and push it out there again. And then next season we're going to have High School Musical, the musical, the animated series. I'm sure. <laughs> well, I we have uh, we have had on very limited rotation because it turns out while the music is catchy it's not that catchy it's not like evan hansen catchy am i right uh, but it is disney plus's high school musical the musical the series the soundtrack of course and of course so, <laughs> if you want to dive into that i i think it is um it, you know it's the this is the dark side of remix nation right and and we're yes. we're in kind of a, a uh, we're in a dark period. These are the dark ages uh, as we try to figure out how to just squeeze even more from existing properties. And it's, it's like, making me sad. It's, it's like a bad Saturday Night Live sketch of like high school musical, the musical, the series, the shirt. 
yeah. high school, the musical, <laughs> the musical, the series, yeah, the poster. Yes. Well, and and I'm the cheese know, grater before the show. Yes. I've been I'm, I'm an ardent fan of the the expanse the book the, the expanse, expanse the book the, book. <laughs> the series uh, and um, uh, and the TV show which is now which was bought out by Amazon and so they just wrapped season four which did not skip a single beat I think it's an improvement on uh, what sci-fi was doing with it which was already terrific and they're they've already signed to season five and the books of course we're about to see the end of this epic. Uh, story with the release of book nine of the Expanse uh, series, and it's if if it does anything, it should t- teach George R. R. Martin how to finish a series, uh, because the guys behind it are, have just been turning out consistently great hard sci-fi, and um, uh, and. I'm just relieved that there is no soundtrack. <laughs> there's no, nothing. There's no spinoff. It's just exactly the show I want. Although you could kind of make the same point, right? That I I enjoy both. The, I enjoy the book, and now I'm also watching the Expanse, the series. And uh, aren't aren't I part of the problem? Uh, well, now Pete, speaking of franchises, are you watching Star Trek: The Picard? <laughs> I have not started watching Star Trek The Picard. Okay. Uh, and you know, Steve, it's gotten, I mean, it's gotten some interesting reviews. You threw a party, and I wonder if yeah. Star Trek The Picard The Party yes. was better than Star Trek The Picard The Episode One. So we had not watched Star Trek Discovery. So we weren't as, I think we'd seen one or two episodes, but we're not as rooted in that universe. So we weren't really familiar with how that sort of revisioning uh, of Star Trek uh, was an entirely sort of different approach to Star Trek. Because in Picard, like within the first minute, you've got all kinds of like fisticuffs going on and Kung Fu and just far more action than you typically get out of uh, Star Trek. So that caught us off guard, was a little surprising, but now my wife's going back and while actually enjoying Star Trek Discovery, but has, you know, to come to terms with, it's not the Star Trek she grew up with. It's interesting, but it is a different approach to Star Trek that is still taking, getting some used to. So I think the Picard series did a good balance of fan service with giving them oh the familiar feels and you know references to some things but within this new you know what is it Alec Kurtzman Star Trek where there's just a lot more violence going mm-hmm. on so it well, appears to be I, consistent with what, yeah. what he's doing yes well and i i sort of grew into discovery uh it, it was a the, i think the challenge with Dis- that discovery had was that it it tried to be responsive to fans and yeah. also uh, ignore fans to some extent. It, it was the old, you know, the, they'll know, they, they don't know what they want. They'll, they'll know what they like when they see it. Right. And uh, I, I think it struggled to get its footing three or four times. Like every time they made a change to the show and the, the direction of the show and good Lord, are we ever going to resolve the fact yeah. that Klingons just look different now? I mean, right. I, okay. Um, it's... Um, I think they they really wrote themselves uh, into a number of corners over the course of season one, and and uh, finally kind of found some found a stride uh, in season two. Um, but but I mean, is your sense that it is? I mean, how connected is it? Do I have to like? Do I have to have taken notes on Discovery to understand no. where Picard's coming from? No, 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 no. It's it's right. fully as far as I mean. It's only I've only seen the one episode, so mm-hmm. I haven't seen the one that dropped today yet uh but no it's it, they grounded in a specific time frame with picard and you get enough little exposition and what has happened with him that appears to tie it all to that I, there's nothing that i saw that i was confused by because it sets up a, a a timeline of you know this happened and we get all this and it to be it's setting up all the players that are going to be key factors in this uh in this story arc all right all right. Well, Andy, I know is going to be on top of that. So, oh yeah, I might I wait he, for his letterbox. For I think me. he's sleeping with his eyes open. <laughs> yeah. What was that? <laughs> All right. Let's do trailers. What do you say? <laughs> let's do it. All righty. I believe your first, Steve. You posted last week. <laughs> we had no and no red band, no eight twenty four, and I, as I was looking for news, I saw we missed a trailer. That just how is that even possible? That, that apparently this show. Just, the it's rigor one, of our investigation. Yes. 
So I, yeah, I, I, I'll have to save that one for next week. So I was like, oh, I would have, but no, I'm going to go with uh, something that's in my wheelhouse. Um, and it is something that feels very much of the era it's set in. Uh, this is Our Ladies from Michael Catton Jones. Uh, it's a set in 1990s Scotland. A group of Catholic girls go uh, out at, out for a choir competition and then uh you know they're they're girls out on the town drinking partying all of that so a, a character piece of of girls in in growing up and the, the challenges of being a young woman in the 90s uh looks in, intriguing to me i was trying to remember why i recognized this name michael is it catton or Katen jones and i thought this name is familiar he, he's done something that i've Basic seen instinct too no, didn't see that. Jackal. I think I maybe saw that. Um, from Wait, no, I don't. This is like what possible movie could Steve have seen if it's not those two? Is it Rob Roy? Are you going no, with Rob I, Roy? No, I have not seen Rob Roy. I think I think it's the Jackal. And it's I, Doc I, no, I've never. I yeah, you've not seen Doc seen, Hollywood. Are no, you not seen Doc Hollywood? If I did, it was parts of it maybe once back in 1991 i don't remember memphis bell i i didn't see that because i enjoyed the spielberg uh amazing stories one with the guys in the bomber and i thought i don't want to see another one of those so yeah i just <laughs> i'm looking at this i'm no like cartoon I'm, wheel come on <laughs> exactly i'm looking at these i'm like i remember hearing these movies but they just never really stood up so now i was i thought well maybe this will be the one this will be the one for me our ladies, uh, which I don't know how you could not like this. It's Sing Street with a lot more promiscuity. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. I, unfortunately, I think we're gonna. It's gonna be a streaming thing. I don't know. The only release dates are Ireland, March thirteenth, and the UK, twenty fourth of April. So nothing other than that. Um, Headlining on Disney Plus, Our Ladies. <laughs> I don't think it's gonna. I don't think this seems like it's got the Disney kind of feels to it. I don't know with all the the drinking and I, the I know, marketing I am, feels very British. All the at cinemas, yes. it's it's you know at, at the cinemas. Yeah, that's at, uh, very British. Cinemas, so I don't know if yes. it's. I wonder if this is one that's gonna make it across the pond. Yeah, I, it's only 105 minutes. So something easy to to me, it's one of these things like you fit in on a you know early Saturday evening or something, just have fun with this. And it, it you know, looks like a really talented cast, unique characters that I, you know, intrigued in seeing the, their little, you know, coming of age moments here as they, they learn about themselves and each other. I hope it's uh, good. I mean, just reading reviews from the various um, film festival screenings that it's played, uh, you know, everybody seems to love it. So I'm like, oh, maybe because the trailer didn't yeah. wow me very much. I'll be honest. But um, uh, and and Michael Catton Jones's career hasn't ever really wowed me. Right. Although I did like Rob Roy quite a bit. But other than that, it's like, meh, you know, I can kind of take him or leave him. Exactly. This feels yeah. like it is going to fall into that. But then I just see everybody's reviews and I'm like, wow, OK, maybe maybe the trailer's not selling it to me. But uh, I should I feel like I need to see it now. Just looking at uh, what people have to say. Oh, yeah, I agree. It's not the greatest trailer. Like I said, it feels very much like a independent, you know, or international, you know, film from the, the 90s. The, just the trailer itself felt very 90s. And I thought, I don't know that that's the way to sell this movie <laughs> because it's a period piece. But uh, yeah, and that, perhaps I'm a little nostalgic for it with the music and everything. It's, you know, harkens to a days of, of when I was much younger and far less gray in the beard. <laughs> Uh, I'm I'm definitely into it as in looking at his uh, Michael Caton Jones filmography. I am stunned to say that I've seen almost everything he's ever done and had no idea. Wow, really? <laughs> so yeah, no, I just haven't. I just uh, haven't paid attention. Right. He does not get an auteur theory T-shirt on himself because <laughs> no. uh, there is no sense that this, that uh, uh, that this is what he is. But he's he, you know, he's turned out movies that I have liked over the years, and so um, yeah, I'll, I'll see it on that alone. Doc right. Hollywood. Oh, God, that was a good one. I remember. Place. I mean, I haven't seen yes. it since '91, but I remember enjoying it. 
I, I like I said, I may have seen most of it, but that's because this isn't like Woody Harrelson, like the town bully or something. I don't know. He's he's or it's he's the. I didn't even remember Woody Harrelson was in what? it. <laughs> yes, yes, Woody Harrelson's oh, like Hank the Gordon. Yeah, Woody. I had forgotten Woody Harrelson was in it too. Yeah. I just remember I had a crush on uh, Julie Warner, so I um, saw that movie a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Between that and Tommy Boy. <laughs> Uh, okay. Okay. Next. Andy. All right. So for my trailer, I I went with kind of a quirky little one. There were a few quirky ones that I was looking at, and I decided to go on with the one that looked a little funnier. The other one was a little uh, darker. I might uh, use it next week. We'll see. But this one looks like it could be uh, it could be kind of a quirky, fun, funny sort of movie. It is the film Vivarium, directed by Lorcan Finnegan, starring Jesse Eisenberg and Imogen Poots together again after one of my favorite films from 2019, The Art of Self-Defense. And uh, this is a story about a young couple looking for their the perfect home and this kind of creepy uh, real estate guy shows the, shows them this house in this neighborhood called Yonder and um, they find that they are unable to actually leave this area and they, they can't escape. Next thing they know, they have a baby delivered to them and now they have to take care of it and it grows into a creepy little devil baby that that uh you know they uh just really don't seem to like at all but that was they, a real high point of the trip definitely was okay. but they have to raise it in order to actually get out as the note says i really wonder where this film is going to go i i don't know uh, but it really piqued my curiosity watching it. Just the the production design of it with kind of this kind of, you know, grandma green for all the houses and everything just kind of had a real sickly look to it. I just, I was really fascinated by it. So I, Lorcan Finnegan looks like this is, uh, you know, he has had a very small career. This is his second feature uh, film. So I'm I'm curious about it. What do you guys think? Oh, yeah, this is one that I'm all in for and then get scared how is it interest such a great concept but where do they go with it how do yeah. you resolve right. this and that you know how do you write yourself out of this and a, a good writer can find a unique way to to do that in a way that's rewarding and fulfilling and the audience you know enjoys it other times it just feels like i don't know i'll just do this um so i'm i love this concept it wasn't what i expected because i thought just from the beginning of the trailer oh this is sort of like a they're gonna they're moving into the neighborhood where it's like everybody's all the same, but no, it's the exact opposite. It's only them. There's nobody else in this neighborhood. It's just bizarre and creepy. And I'm already am wondering what what this film is trying to say about, I don't know, that, you know, having the nice house and raising the kid and what what is there some commentary on parenting about this? So I'm I'm really intrigued by what this is trying to say um and uh, yeah i it's just what we've got a cast of two three with the realist well i guess four if you count weird baby well and it'll be a number it looks like at least at least two 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 versions of of him yeah Yeah. okay but yeah no i'm i'm looking forward to this one this uh keep an eye out for it because this one looks just visually some really interesting things that i'd want to see on the on the big screen I um, regret to say I am 100% spoiled on this one. Oh. And it is because uh, I was working on another project and was doing some Googling not two months ago and was searching on favorite twists, favorite oh, twist endings. Oh, no. Yeah. yeah. Oh. I know exactly how this ends. And, <laughs> and, and I'll tell you, it's, it seems like it's right up your alley. <laughs> Just, okay. Okay. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, it's and so uh, I will tell you this is a fascinating. Um, it, it is a it's a fascinating trailer, and uh, the, I am right in on the visuals, and I'm right in on the puzzles, and and you know that sense of we're just going to write ourselves into a corner and just not leave the room until we figure right. out a way out, <laughs> right. and that is exactly what the, what this one does, um, and uh, and I think it's. Um, it is a a a worthy twist, uh, you okay. know. Like it or not, it is a twist that's worthy of the story. Okay, cool. Okay, yeah, yeah. 
I'm in. I'm in for it. One uh, one last note. Uh, it is uh, the director of photography for the film is somebody who goes by the name McGregor. He is actually oh, like Spanish, that. though. His name is Miguel Lopez Jimenez de Olaso. <laughs> wow, I like it. <laughs> that is brilliant. He uh, this film uh, looks like it uh, premiered at Con last year. It is uh, kind of been making its way around the festival circuit and will be through uh, February. And then it has no U.S. release date yet. So far, it's just France okay. and Russia and the U.K. in March, and then Italy in May. And that's all we have for release date so far. So. I- Okay, so I'm. I don't want to make any like release any catnip for you here, but the w- the synopsis of this thing that I found months ago on Reddit is the synopsis that is posted in Wikipedia. So oh, if you want to okay. be truly spoiled for this movie, you can read through the end. Mm. It's the same same thing that I read. So assuming that it's the same. So everyone listening who likes to read the end of Agatha Christie novels. Run to Wikipedia there and give it go. a read. Yep. There you yep. go. There you go. All right, Pete, your or trailer. Or just know that when you read that synopsis, you're going to be spoiled. Sometimes they okay. don't do that. So, <laughs> right. right, my trailer. What am I doing? I am doing a, um, wow. I don't know. What so, was it? speaking of catnip, uh, Irresistible. This is the new film written and directed by John Stewart. I, I knew I was going to pick this trailer the moment I saw his name in the YouTube credits like i didn't even watch the trailer um i just miss john stewart i'm one of those uh i miss i miss his his comic voice and his comic timing and his political sensibilities uh, and the way he approaches conversations and so to see that he is doing a movie uh about uh, a democratic political strategist working for a retired uh, vet's bid for mayor of a small right-wing wisconsin town that becomes the hotbed of political turmoil when a, a Republican strategist comes in and tries to help him lose. Uh, Steve Carell and Rose Byrne playing opposite one another. Chris Cooper as the retired vet. Uh, Mackenzie Davis, Topher Grace, Will Sasso, C.J. Wilson, Natasha Leone, uh, Brett Sexton, uh, Alan Einsberg, and Deborah Messing. Uh, this looks like a uh, just a cast that I'm meant to to uh, really enjoy. What was the uh, Michael? Um, Keaton script writing or uh, speech writing uh, political road movie. You guys remember that one? Oh, yeah. It was the husband and wife were writers for the opposite. Opposite. Yeah. Opposite. Is that, is that, is that Gina Davis? Yeah. And, uh, yes, it was. It was Gina Davis. Was and, it speechless? It was, was it speechless? Is that what they called it? That's like, that's so <laughs> wait, like the train. It, it's, it won't stop the train. What was it called? <laughs> Yeah. I'm having. You, you mean two political speechwriters that fall in love before they find out they're working for candidates on opposite sides? Directed by Ron Underwood. Yes, yes. 1994. They were okay, yes, I'm gonna they go were with that. speechless. So I, I remember not being crazy about that movie in the end, but I yeah. love the idea of it, and I really yeah. love that just sort of following the press on the road oh, yeah. and, and being on location, and uh, and so this this movie is right up my alley. Uh, Irresistible. Steve Carell looks great. Rose Byrne just taunts him mercilessly uh, in the trailer, and uh, so I am uh, here for it. What do you guys think? Yeah, <laughs> it's a political comedy. I don't know. It's uh, because it's it seems like so many have, people have tried to do something like this and it just it never, I don't know, never becomes like what it has the potential to. Because I don't know if it goes, if a lot of previous ones like Speechless or whatever go for like easy jokes or it's so much of its era that it doesn't last and endure. The only one that I can think of that, that did something sort of politically satirical that did it really well and I haven't seen in a long time is Bob Roberts. Yeah, there's um, another one. You know, but there's there's been, there was one, uh, what, there was the one with like, like w- Wag the Dog. Well, no, but then there was um, like, what was the one with like uh, Zach Galifianakis and like Will Ferrell or something? Uh, uh, that's um, not, that, I don't, are we, <laughs> are we going to put those in the same conversation? I, I don't know. Well, that's the thing <laughs> with, is that's, uh, there's Chris Cooper and Steve Carell. Well, wh- what was that? I mean, there and seems Roseburg. to be always, yes, there's always these things of like, we're going to do something about yeah. a candidate. There was even the, what the Ryan Gosling? Uh, there was George the Clinton. candidate, right? They're fantastic. Um, yeah, yeah. They're, well, even going back to like facing the crowd. You know? yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. And so some of them do it really well. So I, I have confidence in John Stewart, but I sometimes feel like the 
drive to say something overrides sensibility of having to make it a good movie first. It's more important that we get people understand this versus it come across as an organic part of the story that's being told. So that's All right. it's my only fear. I, yeah, I hope that I, I hope it ends up working. I hope it is more in the wag the dog or in yeah. the loop even. I mean, there's another really uh, sharp one. Um, another yeah. one to put on my, it's on my list. On my you list. know, I, I hope yeah. it falls into that yeah. category and doesn't yeah. just, I, I mean, it's John Stewart. I don't think he's going to fall yeah. to the, uh, the Will Ferrell, Zach, Zach, Val, yeah. Galifianakis level. Yeah. Um, uh, but I, I do want to, you know, I, I, I hope that it actually is something that has a little more to say and, and a little more right. biting, you know. So I, we'll see. The trailer didn't seem quite as biting as I would have hoped, but I hope that it uh, it really kind of plays to those strengths. Well, I I'm with you. I also I I I hope that it is more biting. But one thing I do know is that John Stewart is a guy with something to say, right? And uh, he is he is an activist in his own right, and uh, agree with some of his positions, don't agree with others. But I, I have always appreciated the way he presents his his um, his comedy and his his positions. Uh, and so May twenty ninth, twenty twenty, we're going to get a U.S. release date, and um, so there there you go, irresistible. There you go. Cool. Uh, oh, and and uh, produced by Brad uh, Brad Pitt. So of course what? it is. You know, and He's others, quite but the really, producer these days, Brad Pitt. Yeah. There you go. All right. That's my pick. Should we um, do some ranking? Should we do sure. a, an abbreviated ranking because we're getting a little bit long in the tooth? Don't you think? Just I don't know. I've only been recording for thirty minutes. Oh, you have? <laughs> Maybe I've been recording a lot of our pre-show nonsense. Oh, right. No, that's because you only joined the show thirty minutes ago. Yeah. Right. All right. Well, we'll just do five then. Okay. Okay. All right. five. I'm counting. And uh, okay. So first up, we have uh, some Clint Eastwood for a few dollars more. Opposite some Hitchcock, Spellbound. I'll oh. definitely say for a few dollars more. Huh. Okay. Yeah, I'll go with that. I don't feel like Steve has seen either of these. No, no. I, I got, I'm trying to remember which one is Spellbound. Because it may have been a Ingrid lot. Bergman, Gregory Peck. Is that the one with the key? The no, shot of the key? No. It's the one where she's the uh, she's the psychologist and she's trying to help him. Is this, the one, with the, is this the one with the gun? This is the one. right at the... The, with the gun with pointing the gun. at the camera. Okay, then I have seen that one. Okay, this is it's and, the skis. And, the it's Salvador Dali. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Sequences. Okay, I've seen this one, and yeah, then yeah. and then the other one was the For a few what, dollars what, more. Oh yeah, I've seen that. I've seen both of these. It's just been a long time. Okay, all right. Well, yeah, well, you you two already agreed. So, and I'm I I concur. All right, good. Yes. All right, number two uh, for a few dollars more held steady at spot one forty two on our chart. Number two, we have The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. This is the David Fincher version opposite Howl's Moving Castle. Uh, David Fincher. Yeah, I'm going to go with Fincher. And I'm sure Steve has seen that, but not Howl's Moving Castle. That is correct. <laughs> All right. <laughs> are you, are, I'm sorry, are you over there calling a dog show? <laughs> no, what? That is correct. And the prize goes to the U.S. <laughs> Uh, Dragon Tattoo jumped up from 292 to 259. Oh, wow. A little jump. Next up we have for number three, Nick and Nora's Infinite Playlist or Red Belt. I'm going to say Nick and Nora. Oh, God. And I think Steve has seen Nick and Nora, but not Red Belt. I'm from Chicago. It's Mammoth. Of course you've seen Red Belt. I totally forgot that. Although I'm from uh, I'm from I, Colorado, but I don't see everything that it, every Colorado filmmaker makes. Well, yeah, but nobody nobody from Colorado is David Mamet. I mean, come on. <laughs> I would. You should see his plays. Oh, anyway, that's something. Sexual does. perversity. Oh wait, wait, in Chicago so, was wait, brilliant. So you're saying I can't see the movie of the play unless I've seen the play first? <laughs> exactly. Is that what you're saying? That's what Andy? I'm saying. Can we get Can we get an agreement on this? Uh, <laughs> I, I am I, I am pulling I, uh, Mamet on uh, Red Belt. Have you seen Thank Have you. you seen Nick and Nora? Yes, I've seen Nick and Nora. Okay, and, so then uh, you get to actually throw in your opinion. Yes, here. yeah, I do. And Nick and Nora is an utterly forgettable movie. That what? Just, 
Well, yes. now let's not lay it on Harsh. too thick, Sarmento. Wow. <laughs> really, <laughs> it was. Eh. Yeah, ah. that's exactly what Red Belt was. I am, I am <laughs> yeah. torn asunder between you guys. Oh God, oh. I hate being the middle child. <laughs> yeah. All right. Next. Next. Yeah. It was two for Red Belt. That's yeah, it. You lost. Yeah. This is going to give Red Belt. Oh, it's not a big jump. Three sixteen okay. to three hundred one. Oh, yes. It's way too hot much of a jump for my taste. (laughs) Number four, Wendy and Lucy or My Favorite Year. I'm going to say My Favorite Year. Wendy and Lucy or My Favorite Year. That's like say My Favorite Year. Yeah, there's no no choice. Took me a minute. I realized, oh, I remember Wendy and Lucy. Yeah. Yeah, No, which I really enjoyed, but... uh, I know you did. It's My Favorite Year. Uh, I watched that, I think, my friend that lived across the street they got their vcr or whatever and that was like they got to pick a movie when they bought the vcr and it was my favorite year and we watched that i don't know how many times love that movie. it's a good so one. much yeah, that's definitely yes. the movie oh, yeah. well my favorite year held steady at spot 51 on our chart okay and number five last but not least uh one of pete's favorite films that we've talked about on the show yee a one and a two <laughs> or la femme nikita <laughs> I can't weigh in because uh, you haven't he, seen Yi. I know he still taunts me from the Criterion loading screen. He just, just sits there and you just gotta me. watch it. <sighs> Do I really? Do absolutely, I? Uh, no. Nikita. It's absolutely, it's absolutely you can watch Nikita three times in the time that you will be sleeping <laughs> during Yi. <laughs> I will take Yi. What? Yeah. How could you? You, you, can't, oh, spe- like, you can't even speak. How, how can I you know. even say that? You haven't even seen <laughs> I it. I can't. I know, because I'll go watch it and I'll come back and be like, Andy, I'm sorry. You were yeah, exactly. such a film. Exactly. <laughs> you, you, you will, but it'll be a lie because you will have slept through Yee Yee and you still won't have actually watched it. <laughs> All right. All right. We're going to do a little to, Rochambeau yeah. here for our last round. Ready? Uh-huh. And a one. one. Two, Two, three, three. scissors, Scissors. paper, rock. Oh, Nikita takes it. Justice. 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 Again, what are you doing? (laughs) All right. I'd like to weigh in and validate Steve's justice is so warranted. (laughs) Nikita held steady in spot 328. All right. We're done ranking. Hallelujah. Oh my gosh. All right. So we're it's time for lists. So let's get these done quick. Now what? <laughs> Why do you say that? Okay, you were just I saying really, we got, we're really running low on the tunes. It's time to get no, out of here. This is the stuff I'm really, really excited about your Me Too list. I know you've been working hard on it. I'm sorry. Go ahead. For the film nine to five, we put the poll up over in Discord in our Show Talk channel, and uh, the options—not uh, a lot of votes—but uh, it was the Me Too films that took the vote. So we are here to talk about our favorite Me Too films. What is a Me Too film, Andy? Nine to five, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be a real wonder, treat. Wondering what your rules it. were. Okay, yeah. all right, here we go. Uh, it's, uh-huh. I'm not up first. You go. You, I know. You say right. your rules. Number one, legally blonde. There we go. My first one, legally blonde. Oh, and did, what are the rules you used to define this as a Me Too film? So, in, in, if you haven't seen Legally Blonde, there's a point where basically you've got your young college student legal intern, and she's put in a position where it's basically like, oh, you got to sleep with the boss if you want to get any further in this career. So, that that. That moment for me put it as my first entry on my list of Me Too movies. Women being put in positions of basically having to make a choice between their career or, or you know, getting with a creepy guy, older right. guy, the Weinstein character. Yes. Okay. Some okay. sort, for me, it, it always ended in some sort of vindication for prior. Uh, uh, and, and I'll say stereotypically gender-based abuse, whether it was uh, like sexual abuse or uh, work abuse, um, staff abuse, like something like that. Whether it was, it, it was there was some sort of vindication uh, on behalf of right. the person who was, you know, yes, who was taken advantage of, and that made it sort of a Me Too movie. For me. Okay, yes, and that does happen in Legally Blonde. Spoiler yes. alert: she wins her big court case. <laughs> on her own. 
because of her feminine I, wiles. Yes. I remember watching that movie and enjoying it, but I don't remember the movie itself very well. So it's okay. You should go see it, legally. You need to go see points. You got to go see Legally Blonde the musical, and then it'll I, just refresh I'll wait until I can see Legally Blonde the musical <laughs> the movie. <laughs> you could always listen to the soundtrack. Okay, so Steve's uh, pick: Legally Blonde. Andy, yours, please. So my first one, I am going with one. I, I was doing a little digging, and I found a film from 1950 that uh, Ida Lupino directed called Outrage. This is, uh, it's kind of an early Me Too film. This is a film about a young woman who she's just be, uh, become engaged and then uh, somebody that works in the same area as her follows her on the way home and rapes her. And it's kind of following her as she kind of has mental breakdown. She runs away from home and she ends up finding some people who help her kind of find herself again. And it's a story about kind of reconnecting with who she was and getting into a place where she can actually return to her her life. And uh, in the process, also finding out that the guy who attacked her was arrested. And it was an interesting film, but very 50s, very much of its era as far as the portrayal of of rape, which you couldn't even say the word, and and kind of the reaction to the psychological sides of it and everything. Um, but it was really interesting, and I kind of uh, enjoyed the story. So that's my first pick, Outrage. Never heard of it. It's on the list. <laughs> there you go. Oh, and it's my turn now. So I'm going to go with uh, the is. lightest of my three picks. And this is risky because I feel like I'm burying two films that may be stolen by doing this one. Uh, but it is the lightest weight. I It was the first movie that came to my mind after Steve and I hung up talking about Me Too movies uh, because it is the movie that feels like the sibling uh, to nine to five if there was you know it's in the family it's definitely in the family and that is mike nichols 1988 film working girl uh starring harrison ford sigourney weaver and melanie griffith and uh, in this case a very young and enterprising melanie griffith gets the better of the uh evil cruella Deville that is sigourney weaver in a great big business deal and that's kind of what it is. Harrison Ford is kind of daffy and uh, they are the couple Ford and Griffith and it's working girl. But you know, Mike Nichols, I got a soft spot in my heart for Mike Nichols. So. I remember go, enjoying that one, but I haven't seen yeah. it in a very long time. Yeah. See, I, I contemplated that one, but it, and I guess I came down, I was like, well, just cause your boss is a, is a bitch doesn't make it a me too movie for me. That was the thing. It was was I I struggled with because it, it had been a long time since I'd seen it. It was basically her boss just is is mean and nasty, and she tries to basically turn the tables on her boss, which is very much the nine to five. Well, but for it, me, it, it didn't. See, there's yeah. a there's a whole sequence in here where she early in the movie where she is traded out because of her good looks to oh, okay. to go out on a date with this other guy to try and get them to do, and he's like snorting oh. cocaine all night, and it's okay. very much a you're gonna go have sex with this guy, and uh, you're okay. gonna and she this, so the whole movie is kind of rooted on on an event, and uh, it's it's not. A graphic event, but it is uh, it, it's certainly a plausible event, and it's not uh, it's not good. So that's okay. why it's okay. This is, no, good. That's you know. it has been a while since I've seen it. Yes, yes. All right, Steve. Number two for you. Number two. Number two. Uh, classic comedy that I had not seen in a long time. Just watched recently. I think we've talked about it on Satmat within the past year, uh, but. Sometimes, you know, men don't understand what it's like and the, the positions that women get put into until they actually dress up like a woman to get a role on a soap opera in Tootsie. And it was that whole dynamic of the, the lead actor, the doctor, and he would just put his moves on the women and just that whole insight, which is played for comedy, but to me is still such insightful commentary on, on, on women in um, in the industry. So that's my number two, Tootsie. Such a great movie. It is so good. I love it. That's, uh, that's a strong pick for your number two. For my number two, I am looking at a more recent film. I am looking at uh, a film that came out a couple years ago, directed by Bjorn Rung, 
And it is The Wife with Glenn Close and Jonathan Price. And what an interesting film this was that is, a you know, in the context of Me Too, this is really just about a wife who is kind of behind her husband, uh, who is uh, getting a Nobel Prize for literature. And as we find out, she's really the one who's kind of behind all the work that he's done. And it's really her struggle with the fact that she is the one who should be receiving the Nobel. She is the one who should be getting all the glory and, and fame and and kind of leading her through that at the end and, and finding a finding a way to kind of, uh, you know, get through all of the stuff that she's going through. I found it to be really fascinating film as she kind of goes through this and what a powerhouse performance from the two leads in this. Just a great film. So number two for me, The Wife. That movie was crushing. Yeah. So good. Oh, God. Um, okay, number two for me, uh, I'm going to go to a darker place. And I don't know how to set this up with all of our rules and such. Um, all right, I'll just say it. Uh, this is the story of the uh, wonderful Maggie Gyllenhaal and her relationship with James Spader in... <laughs> Secretary, uh, <laughs> as directed by Steven Shainberg. It is, uh, it's a movie of people coming to grips with their uh, darker sides of sex in the workplace. <laughs> but I think there is, uh, there is absolutely some growth here and some uh, redemption and, uh, and some empowerment, uh, as they, uh, and, and I think the movie is, uh, I think it has an interesting message. If you, if you truck with the, the visuals and some of the behavior in there, I think it, it is a movie that's, that's certainly worth seeing. I, I quite enjoy the film and their performances are stellar, uh, and incredibly bold, uh, and, um, really as they learn sort of limits, uh, of, uh, how to, quote, work together. Uh, so, Secretary. It's great. Great movie. <laughs> I've not seen it. Interesting so. me too, Joyce. <laughs> yeah, what? exactly. Interesting. No. Yeah. Okay. Because I'm going to pick for my, my, my number one a film that was selected uh, for preservation of the National Film Registry for being culturally, historically, or aesthetically significant. I'm sure Secretary was right behind it, whatever you're going to say. sure it was. And as, if my memory serves me right, this is a movie Pete does not like, I, I believe, although I don't know the whole story behind it. But it was a film that um, got a lot of attention, a lot of discussion. And to me, it is a really solid film and one that was very much ahead of its time in 1991, Thelma and Louise. Oh, yeah. I love it. I, I love too. that movie. I do yeah, too. I know. What's your issue, Pete? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Never connected with it. And then you know, over the years, the more people like it, it's like the more you sort of tune it out. Now you're now you're just on principle. I'm just eh, yeah. yeah. I, eh. All right. <laughs> Uh, but that's okay because I have a pick for my final movie that I'm so but, glad. But, 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 oh, it's not my turn. It's not even my turn. No, wow. it's okay. Just... I am the worst. I am so <laughs> rude. Somebody needs a spanking. Please take. That's, that's right. For my, I'm not final... going to leave my. I'm not going to leave my desk. I promise. <laughs> for my final one, I you know I'm going with one that I think is probably uh, uh, I don't know I'm torn between several obvious ones, and I think I I, I feel like I want to just go with the more recent one because in in context of just the Me Too movies, it really makes sense. It is Jay Roach's Bombshell, which came out just this past year with some really stellar performances in it, uh, and so yeah, I, I felt like it was a pretty fitting one to throw on here, even though. It is like super obvious. All right, Pete, now you can go. I, I don't think obvious is any reason not to add the movie to the list <laughs> as previous experience dictates. Well, it, okay. it's just so recent and it's right. like still in yeah. theaters. It's right. like, you know. Yeah, uh, it's very, very recent. You're I, yeah. right. It, it is the anthem right now of the Me Too movie. Uh, exactly. Movie, right. So, uh, my uh, final film is a little bit. Uh, less fresh than that. Mine came out in when? It's 2015, I think. Uh, this was a lovely little movie with Carrie Mulligan and Helena Bonham Carter and Brendan Gleeson and Anne-Marie Duff and Ben Wishaw. And it is called Suffragette. 
Uh, and it is the story of a um, uh, of a woman who has been taken advantage of, and she works in a, a laundrette, and she comes into contact with uh, a uh, Meryl Streep. I didn't even mention Meryl Streep, who is a, a, a plays a, a suffragette, and she ends up sort of being indoctrinated into the the space of of you know, meeting violence with violence on the streets and elsewhere. And, uh, you know, there's a scene where she has been just put upon for too long. And um, she, uh, uh, Brendan Gleeson comes up behind her and he's gets very sexy. And he's like, oh, you should after all I've given for you. And then she turns around and irons his hand with one of those old school <laughs> irons. And it's, it is, I think it's actually a Me Too brand. When she lifts it up, it says hashtag <laughs> Me Too. And it's amazing and so satisfying. Uh, the movie moves a little quickly. You want some moments to sink in a little bit more, but I, I uh, quite enjoyed the experience. And I'm such a fan of Carrie Mulligan. I think she did a wonderful job in this film. So uh, there you go, Suffragette, 2015. Do they sing Sister Suffragette in it? <laughs> you know what, Andy? You're going to have to watch the film to find out. <laughs> you know, I actually have a free copy of that that I got for some th- some signing up for some service. I just still haven't watched it. Of Suffragette, really? Yeah. Oh. I'll have to. I'll actually have to watch it since I do have it sitting yeah. in some free file somewhere in one of my yeah just watch or or uh, you know movies anywhere things worth checking out. Uh, well, well, good lists, good lists. Um, any any backups that you guys had that you want to rattle off real quick? Uh, I don't, some of these I hadn't gone so far into to uh, actually justify their Me Too status. <laughs> so <laughs> there I was, was a woman writing, in it. So there's, okay. a, there's a woman in it. No, uh, <laughs> on the basis of sex, uh, girl on the train, waitress, V for Vendetta, Dirty Pretty Things, and Heather's were on my list uh, to bring up. In some cases, again, I had the accused. Which seemed, oh God, that seems like a no-brainer. I'm kind of surprised yeah, that didn't yeah. cross the line. I was really tempted to throw the original Gaslight on, uh, since we since we had talked <laughs> the about original, the, original. the second one. <laughs> yeah, uh, and then you know I kind of was going to put Eighth Grade on my list just because of that one scene where she's oh, with the a car. high school boy, yeah, yeah, and just his attitude and everything. But uh, anyway, what about you, Steve? Nope, it was a very short list. Wow. All right. Yeah. All right. Well, good Never, list. Yeah. I like so, it. Now, so now what? Now next we, week. Are, are we are you doubling up? Are we just skipping one? We're skipping one. Well, okay. I think we might be skipping two because uh Pete, we're having some guests on next week and uh we haven't really talked to Steve about this. But uh surprise Steve, we're having some guests on next week. <laughs> our our new hosts of the uh, Marvel Movie oh. Minute who are going to be All joining right. us as they uh as they get gear up to kick off season two with Yay. the Incredible Hulk. And so, um, I don't know. I feel like maybe we need to make something that is more related to that since they will be joining us. Sure. Like, you know, discussion about the Arrowverse. It sounds appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> Only if it goes on for a half hour. <laughs> you should be so lucky. <laughs> Get their take on it. Yeah. They're comic book guys, right? All, all right, Andy. So, what are you what are you recommending? I, I don't know. Something about uh, do we want to jump into something Marvel related? Uh, you know, uh, you know, favorite superhero films might be too big and obvious. Comic book adaptations, uh, you know, something involving Hulk. So, you know, people with colored skin. <laughs> <laughs> Unnaturally, that seems a little bit on the nose, doesn't it? <laughs> I, you know, I'm just throwing it out there. I'm sure somebody wants to put um, Sin City in there. So, <laughs> uh, all right, I like all of those. Everything you just sure. said. There's your three choices. Let's do all of your <laughs> superhero movies, comic book adaptations, are, so. superhero movies, comic book adaptations, and people with colored skin. You racist? What about what? The, the worst comic book adaptation? <laughs> it was a green least... skin. What was it? Or I don't know. Unnaturally oh, colored uh, skin. Unnaturally colored skin. Oh, okay. So you okay. Mean, so as in, you know, you don't find it in nature. <laughs> unnatural. So, so you're saying frogs are unnatural because their skin is green and the whole people, skin is green. People, people with unnaturally with colored skin. How much do I have to spell this out? To, a lot. To make sense? A lot. Apparently, <laughs> apparently, Steve is going to police this and he's going to run it by the Senate and Congress. I, I am woke. Sure. I am so woke. Oh my gosh. 
All right. Uh, all right. So people with unnaturally colored skin, favorite yes. comic book adaptations. Or was it worst, Pete? Is that what you were saying? Worst comic book adaptations? Yeah, I was going to say, let's just do something different than favorite yeah. comic book adaptations. Yeah, or, yeah. Uh, so I don't know. I want to I want to put a twist on that one because that's like, I don't know. I feel like it's been done. It's been done. How can we vary comic book adaptation? Oh, well, I got why don't one we just for put you. comic book adaptations and you can pick. Okay. Well, I was going to say, what about comic book adaptations that did not become a movie series? Non-series comic book adaptations. Or maybe oh, that so would just be like my a, just rule. Like, just like a one-off? One-off. Okay. There's only two. <laughs> No, yeah, there's, I, no, 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 there's, no, because it's, are you talking, when you say comic books, do you include graphic novels? Yeah. Yes, sure. Okay. But I'm, I'm concerned about, you know, because it's, uh, you know, there have been multiple Hulks and his character has certainly continued. Yeah, but we're not talking about that. We're talking about our list. The right. Variation on a theme. It's the Goldberg variation. Uh, all right. Comic book adaptations that. Or. Uh, Pete's going to choose his own role because he's, yeah, he's going to do something spe- real, real special. Comic book adaptations that are one-offs. And then what was the third one? Oh, superhero. Superheroes. Superhero films? Yeah. Yeah. Just okay. superhero films. Yeah. All right. That are there not based is. on comic books. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Steve's going to, or Pete's making up all sorts of crazy rules for himself. All right. You have fun with that one. That's all what right, happens we'll when this... this show goes for two hours. Pete gets loopy. So the votes, uh, get get them in over in the Show Talk channel over in our Discord group. That is for Patreon members. Uh, so once you join, you can get your vote in there. What else do they get at that level, Pete? Yeah, uh, they get all sorts of things. But mostly, first and foremost, they get to know that they are supporting us, continuing to do this nonsense and also all the other other shows that we do that are much less nonsensical. Uh, they uh, get access to the uh, online community over both on, on Facebook, which we're not, it's not terribly active, but also over on Discord, which is much more active. They get access to early releases of the shows. They can join us for live streams of the shows as we record them, which is always fun. So we encourage you to do that. But most of all, we just encourage you to support the costs, support the show by helping us to pray the costs of, of actually producing the amount of content that we put out every week generally three three hours a week i think we're doing uh but once the marvel movie minute starts whole gangbusters season two is <laughs> i'll get that too well it's been lovely chatting about movies with you guys as always indeed have a great uh, great week and we will chat with you soon thanks everybody hondo I love the conversations that so many of our hosts have had on their shows. Steve and JJ on Trailer Rewind, Ray and Ocean on Silver Linings, even Tommy's short-lived No, No, Wait, Hear Me Out. And so many films they've discussed started out as a book, a play, or even a TV series. Well, now you can support our whole family of podcasts by using our new Originals page to buy the original source material used to inspire films covered on our shows. Just visit thenextreel.com slash originals. Your purchases made through our links give us a small commission at no extra cost to you and allow us to keep having these fantastic conversations. It's a wonderful way to support the show. Producing these podcasts week after week require a ton of work behind the scenes. If you'd like to help support our efforts, try using our Originals page when shopping for books and movies that we've covered. It's your one-stop shop for Amazon and Apple links where you can buy the book, play, video game, movie, etc. upon which the movie is based. Original material for trailer rewind movies like If Beale Street Could Talk, The Goldfinch, Aniara, or The Two Faces of January. Or Silver Linings movies like Repo Men, which was based on the repossession Mambo. Plus, by using those links to buy books, Amazon and Apple show us a little bit of love, which allows you to support our family of shows with minimal effort. Visit thenextreel.com slash originals. It's a fantastic way to support the show and find a great book to read. That's right. Head over to thenextreel.com slash originals to find your next read and get started today. Mm-hmm.